And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Frazier and Dieter's Business Speed. I'm John Ray, alongside Frazier and Dieter Managing Partner in the Alpharetta office, Roger Lesby. Roger. Good morning, John. How are you? Great. How are you today? I'm doing fine. We got past another due date, and uh, we've got two more to go. You look a lot more rested than than you did last last time. Well, thank you. Yeah, you had all those September returns. To, to get get done and finished and put to bed, right? Well, they are completed and filed, and uh, we're working on the final October 15th deadline now. There you go. Um, you have brought in a terrific guest, uh, well-known in our area, Edward Lindsay. Uh, Ed is a partner in Denton's public policy practice and serves as the head of the firm's Georgia State Government Affairs Team, Edward Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Appreciate abs- it. Absolutely. Give everyone an overview of, of your work, the, the practice you have at Denton's. How are you serving folks out there? Yeah, well, first off, uh, for folks who aren't familiar with Denton's, Denton's is actually the world's largest law firm. Mm. Uh, we have offices around the world, offices in uh, in several states here in the United States, our public policy team in particular has either offices or, or relationships with other public policy teams in all 50 states, as well as Washington, D.C. Uh, and I'm very uh, proud to be the, the head of the public policy team here in Georgia. Terrific. Terrific. You, We were chatting a little bit before we came on the air. I mean, people think of government affairs. They think about that as lobbying. Mm-hmm. You do a lot more than just lobbying. Uh, in government affairs. Talk a little bit about that work. Yeah, I would say about half of my work uh, involves lobbying, and we represent a a good mix of individuals uh, and companies. We represent uh, hospitals. We represent uh, transportation entities, uh, airlines and airports, and uh, as also railroad companies. We represent uh, some various car manufacturers. We represent uh, a lot of uh, just general business folks that, that are interested in issues across the board. Uh, but in addition to that, I do uh, a large amount of regulatory work and general corporate work, mm-hmm. uh, both in Georgia and around the country. Terrific. Yeah, so, Ed, tell the listeners a little bit about what public policy means. Uh, you know, so many of us think of it as being just politics, but but that's not really true. Uh, you're also involved in, in actually helping to set that's and promote policy. Yeah, uh, and quite frankly, a, a large portion of our work, if not 95% of our work, are policy-oriented. Uh, we work with uh, folks across the, the aisle uh, to work on various issues. Uh, we take great pride in the fact that our team, for instance, comes from uh, a very bipartisan background. We've got individuals who came from the Democratic side, folks who came from the Republican side, folks who came from the independent side. And so we, we, we take great pride in the fact that we approach various policy issues from a bipartisan uh, standpoint. What I learned over the years when I was in office and before I came to Denton's, I served in the Georgia General Assembly for a decade and my last three terms I served as the majority whip. Uh, what I learned uh, was that, um, you know, most good policy uh, or, or things that can be approached from a bipartisan fashion also learned that it was important to remember that uh, in politics you keep your, you keep your, Friends permanent and your opponents temporary because uh, the person that may disagree with you today may be your closest ally to tomorrow. And so, and, and that's generally how we approach things is, is how to move the ball in the right direction uh, for our clients and for the state of Georgia. 
in a unified um, fashion as best as possible. And then today you're also part of the state election board. Yeah, I, I take. Uh, I'm, I'm very proud that uh, last January, uh, the Georgia Speaker of the House appointed me uh, to the state election board. The state election board for our, our listeners is basically a, a five-person uh, uh, entity that uh, oversees our state elections and and makes sure that uh, that the outcomes are, are both accurate and people can have confidence in it. Uh, what I discovered. Before I came, and I'm even a greater advocate now that I'm on the state election board, is that it's extremely important that the that the results be not only accurate, but folks have confidence in the outcome. Uh, the hardest thing in politics is to step before your supporters after you lose and say, I accept the results. But that is one of the most important things in a democratic process is for people to have people who's, who are on the losing side. Uh, to have confidence in the outcome and to accept the outcome and move forward. And, and that's our primary goal. It's a, it's a bipartisan group, once again. Uh, but the folks on both sides of the political aisle who serve on it are working very hard to, like I said, ha- allow people to have confidence in the outcome and to also, uh, and also get out there and vote. Um, you know, we, we, we need uh, we need 100 percent participation. We're not getting it. We're a long way from it. Mm. But we, we need more people to get out there and express their views. So yeah, talk a little bit about uh, the, I'm I'm interested back to the government policy, um, some of those issues in terms of our business listeners yeah. and, and how they ought to look at um, approaching government government officials um about the their particular issues i mean maybe the way you address it is some of the mistakes that you see made that that businesses make in making that approach well let me let me this is a, a great question and let me give you an example and it wasn't so much businesses but it's individuals but individual businesses are made up of individuals sure when i served in the state house one of the most fascinating things in in my last three terms like i said i was the majority whip so i had a really nice office on the top floor and i got to look down at where they would have these mass rallies mm. people would would come and they would have this mass rally and they would have somebody speak and you know charge up the crowd and then the crowd would turn around and go home Mm. Uh, they wouldn't come into the building oh. <laughs> to meet with their legislators mm-hmm. or their or their governor or their other officials. They would have this rally, and and I think that is one of the biggest mistakes that that businesses, uh, in particular, uh, or any individual, has in terms of how things work in Georgia. Georgia's actually your elected officials are pretty accessible mm-hmm. uh, from the, both from the standpoint of a school board member all the way up to the governor. Um, you know, and it, it's really kind of disappointing to me the number of people that I talk to who are really impassioned about issues, uh, who really are really feel intent. I go, well, have do you know who your state representative is? Mm. Do you know who your state senator is? Have you communicated this uh, to someone in office? Well, no, no, I haven't. And and I go, look, you know, I'm glad that you're well informed. I'm glad that you're you're interested in politics, but quite frankly, just voting. And while I think. We, as we just expressed, I want to see more people vote. Voting is just your first step in a democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually engaging with your, lo- uh, with your elected officials up and down the board, that's how you get things done. I remember one time, for instance, 
a few years back. It was the first time we were looking at seriously at the issue of uh, cannabis, the cannabis oil, mm-hmm. uh, and the positive uh, medical uh, impact of whether effects it can have on individuals. And and I really, quite frankly, wasn't terribly familiar with the details on it. And then I had a, a constituent come to me, uh, and they and she brought her child who was epileptic. Uh, she was about four years old, and she sat in, in my office and walked through the issues and walked through the difficulty they had in getting the cannabis oil because it wasn't at that time permitted in Georgia. And and then she sort of talked to me about how the impact is uh, they had to fly to California, not Cal- uh, Colorado to get the, the oil mm-hmm. for her daughter. And the impact was that this child who used to have like uh, half a dozen epileptic fits uh, a day was down to like one every two weeks. And I told my constituent, I said, look, here's the deal. I'm going to go down and, and sign on to this bill, but only if you promise me one thing. And she said, what was that? I said, you need to go back to your, your friends in my district and tell them that coming to the Capitol makes a difference. I said, if you make me that promise, I'm going to make you that promise. Not only am I going to sign the bill, but I'm going to help get it passed, and we did. Mm. And she came back and testified at the hearing as well. I had her come back and do that. And that's what I try to tell people is that, you know, these people <laughs> get elected uh, to serve you. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it may not feel that way to people who feel alienated, but the best way to, to, to overcome that feeling of alienation is to engage. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, you know, the other side is also true. If, if, if a uh, elected official isn't prepared to engage with you, go find another elected official, vote, vote them out of office. But that's, that's the primary thing I will tell people. Is that it? You know, our system here in Georgia uh, is, you know, the elected officials are just not that remote from you, uh, and so if you don't feel connected to them, that's 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 in part at least on you. You need to engage, and and I'm happy, and we're going to talk about my contact at the end. I'm happy to someone give me a call, and I'll tell you how to contact your particular uh, representative or senator or school board member or whatever else. Well, that's a great story, Ed, and, and yeah. great advice for all of our listeners. Uh, in addition to that, you're a prolific writer. Uh, you write uh, a lot of stories for the uh, AJC, most of those political. So, so what are the what are the political issues that are impacting uh, folks here in Georgia right now? You know, I think that the the primary issue right now is the economy. Uh, oftentimes, it is. You know, was it 1992? Uh, President Clinton. Uh, campaign said it's the economy stupid well it's still the economy uh the fact of the matter is we are dealing with uh inflation at rates that we haven't seen since the late 70s uh and uh, i often tell people that inflation is just a it's it's just a tax on you mm-hmm. uh because uh government policy has increased the the money supply uh, that is, that's what leads to inflation. And that's what we've done over the last few years. We've increased the money supply. We've, we've run up some massive debts. And as a result, we've got uh, runaway inflation right now. And so that's, that's people's primary concern. There are other concerns out there as well. But, uh, but the number one issue is, is making sure that, uh, that, that, uh, that we can continue to do good business. Uh, here in Georgia, we, we, have, uh, we have a great tradition in terms of being pro-business. Uh, we are generally ranked by uh, entities around the country as the number one state in the country to do business. Uh, that's because we have a uh, an open-door policy. We encourage businesses to come into the state, and we treat them well when they get here. And and I think that that is something that needs to be maintained. 
But, you know, there are other issues as well, of some very serious issues. And, and the question is, how do uh, the elected people deal with it? Uh, for instance, you know, we have a uh, major hospital down in uh, downtown Atlanta uh, that is closing its doors. And, uh, and you know. And which, that, which surprised quite a few people, too. I think it surprised just about everyone. Uh, Atlanta Medical Center. And, but, you know, then you sort of say, ask yourself, okay, you have this situation takes place. How have folks responded? And in this particular case, you know, you had the governor uh, step up uh, and work with Grady Hospital uh, to uh, expand Grady Hospital's operation with more uh, hospital beds and more personnel coming in. And the General Assembly is going to need to do the, to take care of that. So you got, you got, you have ongoing concerns. A third one uh, that is always out there is is that quality of our education system, uh, and that's uh, and that's something that we're going to be grappling with. Um, in addition to the problems that always exist in terms of, of bringing up the overall quality of public education, we've now got an added problem uh, that that's been laid on top of that is how to deal with the last two years, yeah. uh, in which. Um, Quite frankly, remote learning, uh, you know, while it was there and it was um, and trying to hold on and keep kids engaged, you know, every study shows that kids, a lot of kids have fallen behind, particularly mm-hmm. kids who come from uh, less affluent areas. Uh, you know, how do we make up that gap? That's a that's an open question that uh, educators around this state are, are going to have to grapple with. They're going to have to address uh, because we simply cannot allow that 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 education gap to to take place, particularly among kids in the lower grades. Uh, you know, I served when I was in the in the general assembly. I served first on the uh, education committee, and I also served on the education appropriations committee. And the and what what I learned, and you know, what I was there and and came to understand is that by the third grade. A kid has to be reading at third grade level because here's the key. Up till third grade, the kids are learning to read. After third grade, you're reading to learn. And if you haven't gotten yourself to the third grade level by then, if you, then you're going to start losing the kid. And the kid's going to start slowly drifting far and farther behind. And that's when you get the problems in high school. So uh, a lot of our focus is going to be now dealing with those kids who are going through that K through third year over the last two years and, and how to deal with the children who have been uh, 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 who are behind now because of the remote learning situation. So anyway, those are just some of the issues. Um, yeah, you know, and, and that's a critical issue. I mean, yeah. John, we're blessed with having great public schools up here in the North Fulton area. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of Georgia's strongest schools are, are right here. Right. But, uh, but yes, yeah, statistically, we've never had this kind of a drop uh, that we experienced yeah. over the last two years. And so how, how will that be made up? How will that gap be shrunk? You know, among among some of the kids, and that's going to be that's going to be the challenge of of educators uh, to figure out the, you know how to 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 accelerate uh, that gap and to, whether to close that gap through an accelerated process with these children. And but what I've talked about, one thing I want want the listeners to understand: everything I've talked about here is bipartisan. It, it, there isn't a there isn't an ideological uh, bent to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, you know. Most issues, and I say 90% of the issues that go through the Georgia General Assembly are what I call train on, making the trains run on time issues. Mm. They are across the board. You know, we, we want good, good jobs in the state. 
way to get good jobs is to attract good businesses into the state. We want a vibrant healthcare system in the state. Everybody wants that. Everybody should want to have a good quality public education system in the state. And these are just some of the issues that we have to deal with. And that's what, uh, and that's what the General Assembly does on, on so many different levels. To give you another example, bipartisanship is, you know, you know, we have two enormous economic engines in this state. Uh, you know, and one folks are familiar with around here at the Atlanta airport and what that does. The other one is the Savannah port. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have strong bipartisanship working in Washington, uh, coming from Georgia, we would have not have been able to deepen the Savannah port to be able to make it the economic engine that it is now and will be over the next few decades without that bipartisan support. But now, to sort of, sort of tell you where, where things happen, this is kind of interesting. Now that we've got this port with this expanded uh, operation in the port, now we have a problem with how to get those containers off the ship and get them back <laughs> into the train. And so uh, Speaker Ralston, for instance, uh, started a, a, a uh, study committee that's now gone on for a couple of years on how to deal with freight infrastructure. Mm. How to get uh, how to get the the containers off the ships and get them into the stream of commerce, because we've got an enormous problem when it comes to rail, when it comes to our highway system and everything else. So, you know, every success leads to another challenge. Sure, and, that, and that's something that we need to understand. But those are both world class operations: yeah. the port, the airport, and uh, it'll allow Georgia, I think, to distinguish itself as yeah. as one of the leaders, not only yeah. in the southeast but uh, but in the nation as a whole. Yeah. And in this particular area of North Fulton, you 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 have a a, a high tech hub that's that has been developed here. Uh, when when I was was a much younger individual uh, with a full head of hair, uh, folks who lived in in North Fulton, uh, all the traffic on four hundred was headed south uh, to jobs. Now you have just as much, much traffic heading north to North Fulton for these high tech jobs that that are being corrected. Uh, being being created here in Georgia, thanks to the the chamber up here and y'all's uh, North Fulton CID and other uh, business leaders and and very solid uh, uh, local government officials who who understand that that have created this business center in North Fulton, and that's sort of a that's sort of the vision that that we need to replicate all over the state of Georgia. And speaking of the uh, North Fulton Chamber, you just got back from their D.C. fly-in. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I've, we, been, I've been myself many times, yeah. and it's always a great time. Uh, we had a, we had very productive meetings. Uh, uh, we, we met with uh, the, the elected officials, our, our two U.S. senators. Uh, we met with uh, the uh, congressman, congresswoman's uh, staff up here. Probably the most uh, productive, well, probably the most important meeting that, that we had was with the uh, U.S. Department of Transportation, in which uh, we sat down with them and talked about the importance of the uh, the rapid bus system that we want to have developed here in North Fulton and how vitally important that is uh, in terms of the economic growth in this area. Very productive meetings uh, in which we had uh, folks, uh, local elected officials, we had MARTA, uh, uh, individual there. We had, uh, folks from the Chamber of Commerce, obviously there, the CID there. We had, we're meeting with high, uh, end, uh, officials with the Department of Transportation in Washington. 
because uh, it's going to take a combination of uh, federal money, state money, and local money to get that to happen. But it is something that's extremely important in terms of being able to get uh, the the uh, the the folks that that we want to have working <laughs> at these at these great jobs to their businesses. And the fact of the matter is, the millennials uh, who are you know folks like my three sons. Uh, they want to be. They want to have access to uh, to some kind of uh, transit system, uh, and that's dependent. And so, uh, a lot of these uh, businesses that we're looking to attract here in North Fulton uh, are going to be dependent on being able to show uh, that hey, you know, we have, we've got a viable transit system here. And so, this this rapid bus uh, proposal, I think, will go a long way. And so, I. I I, I, I was very pleased with uh, the presentations that we were able to make, advocating for it, and uh, and the response that we were getting uh, from the the administration. Well, another issue that they were dealing with last week uh, was uh, they averted the railroad strike, which yeah. would have been which, which would have been devastating yeah. uh, had that happened. I, yeah. I saw somewhere, and one of you maybe y'all read it too. Two was it two billion dollars a year? Two billion dollars a day. Mm. Right. Would have been drained out of our economy if mm. that uh, if that strike had taken place. Two billion dollars a day. Uh, so it you know what was fascinating to me was how far below the radar screen it was because mm-hmm. they literally came to within hours of of going on strike. And for our listeners, basically the railroad workers were threatening to go on strike and. Somewhere around forty percent of the uh, of the traffic uh, in terms of moving freight uh, comes uh, comes from the rail system, and so that would have had an enormous crippling impact on the economy, and would have a crippling oh. impact on 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 the goods you would see on your shelves. It, it, it would have just thrown fire gasoline on the yeah. inflation fire. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. But yeah, we were excited to see that uh, done late Thursday night, early yep. Friday morning of last week, and so that was a good thing, mm-hmm. a very good thing. And um, you know, everyone can breathe a sigh of relief, and let's try to figure out ways that we don't ever go to that uh, that cliff again. You, uh, Ed, you talked about uh, transportation, education, and um, there's one other issue you talked about that has business implications the the economy the economy, economy and, well, and, and medical and, and healthcare and healthcare um that has implications for georgia continuing to be number one in business yeah what what are some of the issues specific issues that we need to pay attention to in the georgia general assembly this coming session that that feed into that a lot of it is simply sort of building on that. You know, I talked about the, the freight issue, for instance. Right. Uh, that is an ongoing uh, concern in terms of being able to uh, to get our roads and our and our rail system uh, able to handle the load that we need in order to continue. Uh, a huge problem that we have, and keep in mind, we can't simply view Metro Atlanta as an I- island separate and apart from the rest of the state. Right. And uh, and getting. Um, and, and and getting the, the 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 infrastructure in place for the internet system uh, is extremely important. We have a we have an enormous problem when it comes to the gaps in that uh, throughout the state, uh, and so that's got to be a, a, an ongoing issue that we got to work on. Uh, when it once again another transportation issue that that is extremely important is how much we invest in our airports around the state of Georgia, not just not just 
Atlanta Airport or Savannah Airport, those commercial. Uh, but the, the general aviation airports mm-hmm. uh, throughout the state of Georgia. Um, Georgia spends somewhere around 25 to $30 million a year from the state uh, to all of our general aviation airports. Keep in mind, we're the second largest state east of the Mississippi by geographic. Mm-hmm. By contrast, North Carolina invests over $100 million a year. Oh, wow. Uh, in its airports uh, throughout the state. And and the fact of the matter is, when you want to bring a, a new business or you want to keep an existing business in your community, uh, if you do not have a viable airport uh, in terms of people getting in and out, they're going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's going to be something else that's going to be extremely important. These are all sort of things below the radar screen that we're going to look at. We still, you know, we still have a, a, a lot of healthcare issues uh, coming out of the COVID system and how to deal with those issues uh, and, and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, once again, you know, we've already talked about the, the challenges when it comes to education. And then, of course, you know, you've, you've got the issues that come up every, every couple of years. Uh, you know, um, you know, there's, there's entities out there that, that are interested in gambling and, uh, legalized gambling. Uh, and, uh, and the fact of the matter is, if it were to come into the state of Georgia, that would be a, a probably an economic boom in some areas and would provide additional state revenue. Also provide some additional problems. So you've got to deal with those issues as well. So, but that's, that's an issue that always comes up. Uh, as well, but you know those are just some of the business issues. But you know that that, that we're going to be seeing. Uh, obviously, uh, you know we were pleased to see that the governor step in when it came to uh, the health care crisis that was created by the closure closure of Atlanta Medical Center. But that's simply one of many issues. Uh, a lot of our hospitals around the state. Uh, are uh, chronically uh, endangered, and we need to uh, stabilize those hospitals around the state. That's another thing that if you don't have uh, uh, a, a strong health care system in your county or your area, you can kiss economic development mm-hmm. goodbye. Um, so, you know, those are th- those are just some of the issues. Yeah, and you made a great point. Is uh, you know, And sometimes people speak in terms of, and I hate this, but you know, Hotlanta and not Atlanta, uh, like like these two regions don't have any interaction with each other and feed from each other and need each other, right? Well, they do, they yeah. do, and sometimes there is, you know, always some hostility between you know, you know Metro Atlanta and the rest of the state. But the fact of the matter is, we need each other, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we we need to uh, embrace each other's uh, development. Uh, it's not a um, not a if if we win you lose situation. Uh, we need to be sort of, sort of uh, with the mentality that uh, everybody benefits uh, when uh, when we can can expand that that overall network that makes a, a place a, a great place to to live work and play. For sure, and then. Uh I guess John, as as we get ready to wrap up, I um I just have to uh, I have to ask uh, Ed, front page of the AJC this morning, uh, the polls they're very very close. Uh, you want to have any comments there? Well, you know, I would say from you know a non a nonpartisan standpoint, you know, it, the polls uh, confirm what a lot of people have thought for a while, and that that we while we are a purple state, we are still a purple state with a red hue to it. Uh, it looks like the governor 
uh, is in pretty good shape. I think he was up by about seven points, uh, and his favorable rating was what was around 54%, so that speaks well of him. The other down ballot for the various constitutional offices, whether it be the lieutenant governor, the attorney general, and the other ones are also uh, in good position at the present moment. We're seven weeks out. The tightest race uh, is is the U.S. Senate race uh, between Raphael Warnock, uh, Senator Warnock, and uh, and Herschel Walker. Um, and you know what 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 what's going to be interesting there is not only that that race is very tight according to the polls, like a two point difference, but also there is a very strong libertarian uh, support there uh, by about three or four points. And if that holds true, there's a good chance that we'll go back into a runoff. And so we all get to enjoy uh, a Christmas season while we're, while our kids are watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And then during the commercial breaks, we'll be watching one commercial after another. So that's going to be sort of interesting. But that, that that's where we're, we're headed right now. It looks like the Republicans will, at the present moment, uh, sweep the state offices. And then we'll have to see what happens with the U.S. Senate. Great words and analysis here from Ed Lindsay. He is a partner in Denton's public policy practice and the head of the firm's Georgia State Government Government Affairs team. Uh, Ed, wow, we could keep talking for quite a while, don't you think, Roger? Absolutely. <laughs> this is good stuff. Yeah. We're so grateful that you took the time to come in. Um, before we let you go, though, share your contact information, if you would, for those that would like to know more about you and like to be in touch. Well, I would love for folks to get in touch. I, I made an offer to people. If you don't know who your representative or senator or other elected official, and you don't know how to get a hold of them, to please do so. Mm-hmm. Also, if you need any kind of business help, please certainly do so. Uh, my email address is edward.lindsey, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, at dentons, D-E-N-T-O-N-S, dot com. My uh, number, 404-527-4580. So give me a call, and uh, and let's chat further. Edward Lindsay at Denton's. Edward, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder that Business Speed is brought to you by Frazier & Dieter. And Frazier & Dieter is one of the fastest-growing accounting and advisory firms in the country because they serve the emerging needs of their clients as they evolve. The firm serves clients from the global Fortune 1000 to growing private businesses by accounting for today while advising for the future. Frazier and Dieter invest in relationships to make a difference. For more information, go to FrazierDieter.com. Roger, we keep piling up great shows. Well, thank you, John. Yeah. I think they're always fun. I learned something at every one of them. And yep. uh, thank you, Ed, for your time and, 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 and your words today. And we'll look forward to uh, October and November coming up. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. And folks, do join us next time on Frazier and Dieter's Business Beat. Thank you.